Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf HaShavuah as we study Mesechas Yevamos Daf Mem Test. If you remember me, my name is Shalom Baum. I want to thank Rabbi Israeli who has carried us through an amazing, amazing set of shiurim, kalakavod. Uh, we're now at the end of the parak. We're about to start another parak, a great parak as well. This parak that Rabbi Israeli carried you through, especially the last several dapim, with such halachalamasa issues of gerus. And we're going to continue uh, today discussing a little bit of gerus very briefly at the outset of the shear, and then we're going to get into some very serious uh, mamzer issues, some practical issues uh, relating to artificial insemination. I think we're going to have a chance as well to deal with some other issues as far as marrying a balas tshuva and some of the unique challenges and opportunities that come up halachalamasa. I'm recording this year before Pasha's Achrimos and Kedoshim, which is so appropriate because some of the issues that we're going to discuss today actually relate to the Parsha. I wanted to point out something I was thinking about the last uh, few weeks as I was trying to catch up to all of you, and that's why I'm back this week. Baruch Hashem, I was able to finally catch up with Mesechus Yivamas. You know, someone asked Reb Chaim Kenievsky whether it's a good idea to marry a Ger, a Gioris. Again, what's behind that question is uh, pretty interesting in its own right. Why would it not be okay? But his answer was, what could be better? Not only do you have the opportunity to love someone, as we're going to see in this parish of Yehavdrecha Kamocha applies especially within one's family, as I discussed on Pesach, but you have an additional mitzvah every single day that you're going to be mekayim of literally avas hager, which is incredible insight, because it's true, it's a separate mitzvah, but if it's the person who you're married to, then it's a mitzvah that you are mekayim every moment, every day. So that's a little bit of the setup for today's shir. Now, the question that is raised with the new Mishnah is the status of a mamzer. How does someone become a mamzer or a mamzeret? And unfortunately, these are issues that are relevant today. I want to point out that a, a mamzer and a mamzeret, just to remind everyone, they're not outcasts of the community. Now, it's true that in the laws of marriage, and we dealt with some of this earlier, I think, on Daf Memhei, it's true that when it comes to Ishus, which is such a fundamental aspect, there's a restriction on marrying a mamzer or a mamzeret. But as far as every other aspect of Jewish life, they're fully integrated. And here, too, from an emotional side, it's extremely difficult. It's a tragedy. But we ultimately surrender to the will of Hashem, and there is the status. And this has gotten uh, rabbis in trouble, historically. You, you could have a bleeding heart, which we should all have, but that is not allowed us to change the halachic system. And there have been some famous cases. Again, a God of Torah, who carries the weight of the community, is allowed to make a psak, um, even if not everyone is going to agree with it. But that's not up to someone like Shalom Baum to paskin on moms or types of Shiloh. This is really where the Gedolim have to make these types of decisions. And, and these are complicated decisions, especially because we're talking about a child 
For example, in the classic case of Mamzerus, as we him from the Mishnah, in, let's say, an Aishas Ish case, it's not the only case, but an Aishas Ish case, an Arayas case, so this kid didn't do anything. So why shouldn't they be able to marry someone who they fell in love with? So it's true, it's a great question, but at the end, we're left with the question because we have to follow the halacha. So we have a question that comes to Reb Moshe Feinstein. This is found in the Igros Moshe of Reb Moshe, Evan Ezer Chelek Aleph Simen Yud. It's around 60 years ago that the question was asked to him. It's a very often quoted tshuva, really because of three elements to it. I'm going to spell out now the three elements, and then we're going to go back to the Rambam, Meshulchan Aruch, and we'll break it down. It's all based on our daf, and obviously other Gemaras as well. Question number one. Question that came to Reb Moshe. A woman wanted to have a child. Reb Moshe acknowledges this deep desire. It's actually going to come up in the Gemara later on, Maseches Yivam Samache. In this situation, the woman did not tell her husband that she was artificially inseminated. Question number one. Is the woman allowed to be with her husband? We've already discussed earlier in this Masechta, if chas v'shalom, a woman, acts outside of her marriage, not only is she prohibited to that man, the Baal, who she had the affair with, Rachman Lutzlan, but also to her husband, Asr Labao Asr Labao, Asr Labao Asr Labao. Number two, is this child a mamzer? We're going to go through the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch, give our definition of mamzer. And then the third question is, if this baby is born, who could this child marry? Aside from the mamzerus issue, let's go focus on the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch. Now the Rambam, in Hilchos Yisurei Bia, Perek Tesvav Halacha Aleph, Izehu mamzer Amar Batorah. That's the Machlokas in our Mishnah. If you have a relationship from the Arayas that are spelled out this week's Parsha, in the Parshios this week, the end of Parsha's Achrimos, the reading of Yom Kippur afternoon, amazingly, that's the reading, needs to be discussed. Why? Not for now. There is one qualifier, which is part of our sugya that hopefully we're going to get to today, Chutzmin Hanida. Because Anida is an Isrikaris to have relations with Anida, but that does not make the child a mamzer, Baruch Hashem, or else we'd have a lot of problems. Fine. Shulchan Aruch, Evan Ezer, Hilchas Piri of Arivia, Simon Dalit, Sifya Gimli, Zehu Mamzer, Zehaba, Me'achas, Mekal Harayas, Bein Bechayve Misos, Bein Bechayve Krisos, which is exactly the opinion as the Berha Gola and his descendant of the Berha Gra says, Kishimon Hatemani, in our Mishnah. The Shulchan Aruch as well, Chutz Mehaba Mehanida, except a relation from Anida, Sha'afapisha, who Pugum, that somehow has a status of a Pugum, we'll see if it's actually a status or just a reflection of the nature of that intimate relationship. We'll see on the second uh, part of the Shir. So Ramosha doing the analysis, obviously he knows a lot more than just the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch, but his maskana is, first of all, there's no Isr Labal here. Because 
his main chiddush, again, I'm not saying it's a chiddush, it's discussed earlier, but his main insight is hine baror shebelo bias ish lo nesra ishalabala. In the situation of artificial insemination, there was no maisa bia. It's not defined by the source of the zera of the seed, but it's defined by the intimate relationship, and there was no maisa bia. Therefore, in that situation, Ramosha's conclusion is no. Baruch Hashem, Lo Nesra, Isha etc. Now the issue that the woman went behind the back of the husband, that's not an ideal situation, but maybe she wasn't aware of the fact that she could, I don't want to say Chas Shalom, get away with it, but it's actually part of a mitzvah. And then we could discuss even period of Arivia. But in this situation, no issue. And then Ramosha says, which is more of our topic, our Mishnah, V'chein Havlad Hu Kasher, this is a 100% kosher child. When we say kosher child is the fact that there's no restrictions on his or her marriage to other people. This kid does not get categorized as a mamzer mamzeres. Same reason. Which means in Ramosha's understanding, and this is basically the accepted psaq, when you go back to the Rambam, when you go to the Shulchan Aruch, going all the way back to our Gemara, when we say Ezehu Mamzer, it is only Haba Erva Minarayos through a Maisabia, not because of the Zera. And that's what Ramosha says. Now, Ramosha has sources for this, as I pointed out earlier, which we don't have time for now. The question comes up, you see this in the Taz, very important Taz, in your Adesim and Kuftzadihe. Sifkatan Zion, in the Bach there as well, and even earlier sources. What happens if someone sits on sheets of their wife, and somehow from a, a woman sits on the sheets of a husband while she's Anida and the Zera there? The end of the day, it's the Maisabia that creates the Isser. It's not the source for it. Now this then gets into the, the, the broader question of which is the last part of Ramosha's tshuva that I don't really want to get into now, but at least we should know that it's here. Could this child marry anyone? Or is there a question that uh, maybe he shouldn't be able to marry a Jewish person who may be a relative or may be close to it? So Ramosha's basic maskana is, listen, if we don't know the source of where the, the seed is coming from, and we're in a country where rove of the Zera is going to come from a non-Jew. There's absolutely no questions over here. What happens if you actually know maybe it's a relative that gave the Zera? Now, again, it's not going to have any impact on aspect one and aspect two, as far as Asalabava, Asalabayal. It's also not going to have a question as far as the Mamzerus. There may be some questions as far as not marrying... Um, anyone too close in the family if you know that someone from the family supplied the Zera. Ramosha acknowledges that at the end of the day it's all going to be defined as far as the Isurim that we're addressing with the Maisabia and the last piece I'm going to say Tzarech Iyun only because we don't have time to get into that discussion. Now I want to point out something else before I deal with the, I'd say the, the main uh, the, the second main point just to slip something in because I don't know if I'll have full time you know, the Gemara discusses the Kavinaki. 
Kavanaki of one of these great Amorayim. He presented everything Kavanaki, and therefore the halacha follows him. Kav clear, Vinaki, and clean. I want to just reference this back to a Shabbos Haggadal Drasha that I gave, and a view that Emor Ma'ad Harbe also applies in the Torah framework. And we see this even sometimes, La Halacha. It's not the one who says the most, but it's the one who's able to do things in an analytical, precise way. So I just want to throw that in right now. It should tie in. I may discuss it actually this week at a different year, but you know that it's on this page as well. Now I want to deal with the, the, second, the, the second main point for today's year, which also we're going to use here at Shuva from Ramosha. Baruch Hashem, the relevance of Ramosha finding in our shiurim, in the sugyas, is so impactful. The Gemara says that, and as I read to you from the Shulchan Aruch and from the Rambam, that if a person has relations with one of the Arayos, then basically the child is going to be a mamzer. Let's put aside the other shitos that we see, that even a lav, and then even according to some shitos for an isadrabbanan, I mean, we'd really be in problems today. But what happens if a man has relations with his wife? And let's assume that she's not religious. They're not religious at that point. The child comes to yeshiva, he's a bal tshuva, a balas tshuva, and they're very nervous. They're very nervous about this Gemara because they're from, but they're likely their relationship was consummated when the mother was Anita. There's a good chance. And then there would be a question of Mamzeris. And this Baal Tshuva, this Baal's Tshuva is going to be on a restricted list. Chas v'shalom. So Baruch Hashem, as we see in our Gemara and in the Rambam and in the Shulchan Aruch, Chutz Menanida, that does not put a person into Mamzeris. Now there's a lot of discussion in Rishonim, especially in Achronim, why Nida is an exception to the rule. I'm not going to really get into that right now. You can understand just logically it's not the status of a woman by definition. It's only a temporary status that she's a nita, as opposed to these other arayas. But it also shows you the stringency of the halachas of Tar Samashpacha. When I meet with a chasin and a kala, we give them all the nice romantic stuff, which is important, but we read these psukim straight to them, the chasin teacher, a kala teacher, to show what exactly is at stake. Now, we can't scare them by telling them the child's going to be a mamzer. But we could scare them with the Issacharis. And then, obviously, you talk about positive. But there is something that is mentioned over here, is that the child is a pugum. A pugum means that there's something, it's not chas v'shalom to say it's a human defect that's in the child, but it is a pugum. There was something lacking in the relationship, whether it was intentional or not intentional. Or again, in a mamzer, mamzera situation, intent has no impact. But the bottom line over here is this was a maisa bia with anida. The child is called a pagum. So who wants to marry a person who's a pagum if he could go onto the shidduch sites and get a person who's uh, not a pagum? You understand the danger that we get into over here. So this is a question that came to Reb Moshe Feinstein, and I want to give you his beautiful analysis and how we could apply this Bizman Hazeh. The two incredible tshuvas of Reb Moshe that I want to use to explain this question. Again, 
We have in the Rambam and in the Shulchan Aruch a woman or man, young man, a young woman who's born from a woman who was most likely in Nida when her parents were uh, not religious. And she's a Balas Tshuva, or they later become Bali Tshuva, so the child's called the Pagum. Now, Ramosha reminds us in the second Shuva that I'm going to use, which is in Evan Ezer, Dalad, Yud Dalad, that this is a Dinder It's not close to the Dinder like when we're talking about a Mamzer status. And what's clear from Chela Gimel, Simon Chav Gimel, is that the Hulk idea of being a Pagum, it's not a physical defect. Ramosha actually understands it as a Midos issue. It's incredible. It's somewhat mystical, and he has many sources for it that a child from a, a Nida would have bad Midos. Uh, and therefore, where he goes, incredibly, is that if we see good Midos, and he describes, this is a situation where the man's interested in marrying this Balas Tshuva. Not only does she have good Midos, but she is a modest person, which is part of the Midos. She has a love of Torah, Avas Torah, Velom Deha, and the teachers. And she is medaktek b'mitzvos. But avahoreha inam shomrei Torah, his conclusion is there's absolutely no issue with marrying such a person. And he goes further to say it's most likely that the mother was not Anita when this girl was born. There may have been another way that she went to a mikvah through the ocean. There's no need for kavana. Again, we're not going to tell people they could start using these methods for Tahara, although Ramosha does in this truva get into a lot of issues of Tumma Tahara. But Ramosha's conclusion is if you see this person as a great product, then there's no way in the world her mother was in Eden when she was born. The bottom line is, for our purposes, there's no issue. There's absolutely no issue marrying such a person. On the Shidduch list, this would be top tier. You look at a person's Midos, you look at a person's love of mitzvahs, you look at a person's uh, concern for others. One could argue in many ways, this is just Shalom Baum speaking, that this a person has accomplished a lot more than a person who was just born into it. it relates to the first part of the year when I spoke about a Giyaris. The reason why I mentioned the first tshuva from Reb Moshe in Evan Ezra, Chelek Gimel, Simen Chav Gimel, because that's one of the tshuvos where he talks about a situation where a marriage takes place by a non-Orthodox uh, Rav. And it's pretty clear that there was no Kasher Edus taking place. This does connect to the first part of the Shia, where in certain situations, we could say the Kiddushin was never Chal, and therefore if there was an affair that took place later from the, let's say the woman from this marriage that took place not under the guidance of Halacha, then maybe there was, this woman never really was considered to be an Ashish-ish. And therefore, let's say a child will be born from an affair, there wouldn't be a consideration of Mamzerus. It's, it's, uh, you have to be, again, a God to deal with these issues. What Ramosh is addressing in Evan Ezra, Chelek Gimel, Simon Chaf Gimel, similar to the Tshuva in Evan Ezra, Dalad Yudalad, doesn't get into the Pogum issue, but from such a marriage, even if it was not done under Orthodox auspices, there's no reason not to marry such a child.
you know, we're so into yichus, but the most important thing is what a person achieves in this world, not necessarily where they're coming from. Anyway, it's been great getting back with you. We're not going to have time to deal with Yeshayahu Hanavi, which was part of that famous letter that was found in our Gemara, but it does continue on to the next daf, so we'll begin with it. It actually connects to the Isser Lashon Hara, not only being Malshin an individual, but being Malshin a nation, which connects with this Parsha, but we'll continue it a little bit next week, and then we get into the exciting new Parak. Have a great week of learning.